Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Welcome to Sunday morning. It is very good. I've swapped water for coffee. So, uh, which is. So, um, what a morning. What a morning. What a great story um, from Selena during worship. What, just, just, just a story about how Jesus is transforming people's lives. Ordinary people. When we read the Bible, we read about ordinary people who've done extraordinary things. What makes them any different to anyone else who's an ordinary person? They're just doing what? God says. They're just putting their faith into practice. They're stepping out in faith. They're trusting in Jesus. That's the difference. It's it's so simple, yet so profound. It it can sound so straightforward, but it's totally life-changing. And um, and I love that. I love hearing hearing stories. We we last week, um, Sunday night, Super Sunday, over at the Spuriagate Center where we baptized Rich and Laura, and hearing their stories, just again, just decisions to follow Jesus, decisions to come to church, decisions to put faith into practice, and then how it's transformed their life. And you think, this is powerful. And then what a great weekend we are. I mean, it's only Sunday morning. The weekend is still young. Um, I'm just starting my, uh, my stopwatch. There we go. Um, and, um, and it's powerful, because it's just faith in action. And at the moment, you know, if you don't know already what Lynn and I are up to, then, uh, you know, I'll, uh, I'll fill you in. But if, uh, if you do know, which I think most do, then, you know, you can just hear it for the umpteenth time. But, um, but we are in the, the process at the moment of moving to London, uh, which is really exciting. We sent all of our money, all of our money, on Friday. When you've moved house, you know what it's like. On Friday, down to the, uh, to the agents to get that, we've uh, we found a great flat in Battersea. Um, it's, an, it's an amazing thing, really, because we've, I've been looking at properties in London. I thought, you know what, with London, we're going to have to live in a shoebox, but, but, but we're going to start Global London. That's what we're doing. And because uh, we've thought, we, we know that our mission as a church is to go and plant churches and make disciples and reach cities. And it's that, you know, London is our capital city. In the UK, it's one of the global cities. Um, across, well, it is going to be one of the global cities. But it's, uh, it's one of the global... Beautiful. Right? One of the globally influential cities. They say it happens first in either London or New York and then spreads. So I'm like, why wouldn't we go? to London. And then Lynn came and said, you know what, every time Dave talks about London, I think it's us. And I'm like, we're just buying a flat in York. Like, are you joking? Like, I've been offered jobs in London over the years. I've turned them all down. And now you get this revelation. A little late to the party. Anyway, but it was like, you know what? Yep, let's, let's do it. Let's test it. Let's pray about it. Let's chat to Dave and Shelley and the other leaders and see, and just see, is it, you know, because there's no, there's no big voice saying, it's this, it's definitely this. We're like, we just, we're going to step out in faith. That's what we're going to do. And then things, so I was looking, I looked at 15 flats over three days. Um, yeah, <laughs> they all merge into one. And, uh, and the last flat that I saw, it's always the last one, kind of whenever you tell a story, it's always like, 
and I'd almost given up. And then, but it genuinely was. I was sat in a coffee shop in between viewings, and I was like, these flats, they're just all the same. They're not in the right location. They're not. And I've been reading this book uh, by Yonggi Cho, who leads the largest church in the world over in South Korea. Um, and he, he, the book's called The Fourth Dimension. It's talking about the power of prayer, being, be, describing what you want God to do, describing what you're expecting for. Because you can say, oh, God, I'm believing for a job. And it's like, well, there's millions of jobs out there. Like, what salary do you want? What field do you want to work in? Where, what location do you want it to be in? Um, you know, would you have a job title in mind? And so I was thinking, God, I just want a flat. And then as I'm reading this book, it's like there are loads of two-bed flats in London. Like there are millions of them, uh, ranging from 300 pounds to share with cockroaches up to 10,000 pounds to share with Roman Abramovich. You know, I mean, there's loads of flats in London. What do you want? So I'm like, right, well, if we're going to get specific. So I started, I started reeling off the location and the budget. I brought the budget down slightly. I was like, come on, God, you can do it. Work a deal. And, uh, and I want, you know, but I want somewhere to do dinner parties because that's how we're going to grow the church. That's how we're going to start the church. We're going to say, come around for dinner, and guess what? We've got this video from, you know, whoever's been speaking, and let's chat about it, and then let's go do something social, and then go drink, and go drink, and, you know, whatever else we, we can do. <laughs> There's loads of pubs. <laughs> and, um, and so I'm sat in this coffee shop, great coffee shop, and uh, <laughs> all good things happen with coffee. Great coffee shop, and I see this flat. And this, this flight, it's coming in on budget. It's, com- it's coming in under budget. It's coming in just at the right location. It is larger than the flat we have at the moment. It comes part furnished, which means in the dining room, there is an eight-seater dining table that the landlord is leading, leaving. And I am like, that is it. And, uh, and so it's amazing. So we are walking through. So come and ask us about what God's doing. If you're pushing for a breakthrough and you haven't got it yet, or you're not there yet, come speak to me and Link, because we are literally, wa- we are just... We, well, I am talking about walking on the water today, but it feels like we are walking yeah. on water, yeah. and we're actually walking. Yeah. We're actually walking on the water. So it's so exciting. But tomorrow morning, you can follow on Instagram. We will be in a van with loads of furniture driving to London. So Whoa. it's going to be very exciting. <laughs> but this morning, this morning, um, this morning, I want to kind of really follow on from what we've been hearing over the weekend at Reach about mission. And, uh, and the title of the talk this morning is Jesus Calls You. Jesus Calls You. He doesn't just call the leaders. He doesn't just call the keenies that are here every week and on every team and on the academy and doing all the, the training. And he doesn't just call them. He calls you, yeah. whoever you are. You might think, well, you know... That sounds all well and good. And I know that the Bible says, for God so loved the world. And I know that God's got plans to prosper me and not to harm me. I know that, you know, know, Jesus, Jesus died for me to buy me back because I am so valuable. But you know what? I just don't really feel like I'm good enough. This morning, I'll say, you are. You might feel like you don't know enough. This morning, I'll say, you do. You might think, but I, I just, I'm not even sure if I believe. Like I'm here and I like it and I enjoy the people and I like the worship, but I just don't know if I believe. In global, guess what? You can belong before excellence. And so this morning, Jesus calls you. He calls you by name, personally. 
Why is that important? Because his call will transform your life. See, people often don't have a problem with God, the idea of God. People often don't have a problem with the idea of faith because everyone seems to believe in something, even if their belief is atheism, which is a belief in nothing, if that makes sense. (laughs) How can you believe in nothing? Google it. Um, but, But people have a problem with religion. That's normally where people's problem is. It's a load of rules. It's about, it's about behavior modification. You've got to act a certain way. You've got to do certain things. You can't go and have fun. Well, if anyone was out in the Biltmore last night, you know that we were having fun. Um, and, uh, but actually, it's not, religion won't change your life. Reli- well, it'll probably make it more miserable. But a relationship with Jesus will change your life. Yeah. A faith in Jesus will transform your life. It won't just transform your life, it'll transform your kid's life. It'll transform their kid's life. What's exciting about Selena's story about her son is then where that's now going to set him on his road in his life. Because he's stayed in school and he's, and, and he's changed how he, how he behaves. He's transformed. So he's now going to grow up in that renewed way. Well, where's that going to take him? Where's that? That is exciting. My, my, you know, my family, uh, my parents, my niece and nephew's lives have been transformed because I made a decision 15 years ago. It's incredible. We are talking generational change because Jesus transforms. So I'm basing everything this morning on a really well-known story, Peter walking on the water. And I've pulled out the Amplified because I like to be a little bit different. And why use one word when you could use three? So, walking on the water, Matthew 14, verse 22. It says, Immediately he directed the disciples to get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. While he sent the crowds away, uh, sorry, while he sent the crowds away, after he had dismissed the crowds, he went upon the mountain by himself to pray. That's Jesus. When it was evening, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was already a long distance from land. In John's gospel, it, it records that it was maybe about three, three and a half miles away. The Sea of Galilee, Google map it, it's huge. It's, it's, you know, it's an actual sea. Um, the boat is already a long distance from land, tossed and battered by the waves, for the wind was against them. In the fourth watch of the night, they think between 3 and 6 a.m., Jesus came to them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter replied to him, Lord, if it is really you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the effects of the wind, he was frightened, and he began to sink, and he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus extended his hand and caught him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those in the boat worshipped him with awe-inspired reverence saying, truly, you are the Son of God. 
That's an incredible story. It's a really well-known story, but it defies physics. It defies logic. A, Jesus was walking on the water, but then so did Peter. Peter wasn't the son of God. He, isn't, he was just an ordinary person, but yet he did something incredible. He did something impossible. My first point, I got three points, one word each. My first point is Jesus. Because it all starts with Jesus. It all starts with him. We stand on his victory. We stand on the cross. It was him who brought us back. It was his perfection and his sacrifice that's reunited us back with God. We were never good enough. We could never earn it. We've made too many mistakes. We were born in to sin, thanks to Adam and Eve anyway, back in Genesis. So even if we tried as hard as we could, there's no way that we could ever earn our place to be with God. But Jesus did it for us. It's a little bit like going into an exam and filling out, you know, you, you, you fill out the exam paper and you think, oh, I don't know what I'm doing with this. Like, I'm trying, but Lynn's very good at exams. I'm, I'm not. Um, Lynn's an intellectual. I'm a different kind of intellectual. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, it'd be like going into an exam uh, and, uh, and you think, oh, you know what, I don't know. I think I revised that. I'm not sure if I revised the right stuff. And then Jesus comes along, and he's filled out all the answers correctly. He's got 100%. And he says, you just write your name at the top, because now you've passed. But I didn't do anything, Jesus. I didn't fill out any paperwork. I didn't fill out the answers. You don't need to. Just write your name. Claim it. Claim that salvation. Claim that victory. Claim that freedom. See, it all starts with him. But what if, but Ben, you, you, I'm not a Christian. Well, it doesn't matter. He's still God. You know, well, I, don't, I just don't feel like it today. Well, that doesn't matter either. He's still God. You know, he's not, he's not wobbling on his throne just because I feel a bit tired or I feel a bit grumpy or, you know, I'm not sure. I don't know if you've turned up, to, you know, if you're going to turn up today. I don't know if I'm asking for something too big. He's still on his throne. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. One thing you can guarantee with God, consistency. Oh, but I think you might be angry with me. No. No. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son. See, it all starts with Jesus. Whenever we read about Jesus in the Bible, people, interacting with people, people are transformed. They are transformed. They are healed. They are brought back to life. They are set free. They are liberated. They are given a fresh start. These are the hallmarks of Jesus. See, when they're on the boat... And the wind and the waves are against them. What's interesting is these guys are fishermen, some of them. So they will know what the circumstances are like in rough waters. They would know what to do. And then to see a figure out on the boat, well, it spooks them. And they're scared. Jesus calls out to them twice. Oh, in fact, I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> I'm jumping ahead in my notes. That's fine, I'm going to jump ahead because I spent too long talking about London earlier. So we're going to jump ahead. So Jesus calls out to them twice. He calls out first to reassure them. He says, take courage. Do not be afraid. And then he calls out to them a second, he calls out a second time when Peter says, if it's you, tell me to come out. And he calls Peter. This morning, Jesus calls you. What is it you need? Do you need encouragement or do you need to be called out onto mission? 
because he will do both. He is the great encourager, and he is the great commissioner. And that is my second point, calls. <laughs> Jesus calls. Can you see where this is going? I thought we'll keep it simple, and it's easy to remember. You see, the circumstances don't fit. It's not calm water. Well, first, it's water. That makes no sense to walk on. That is illogical. It goes against science. It goes against the laws of nature. But God wrote the laws of nature. He created nature. When you write the rule book, you can bend the rules. Like when you write the rule book, you're not bound by the rule book. Like we're bound by the rule book in our day-to-day life of how, you know, well, this is solid and I can't just put my hand through it. But actually, God isn't. He can take the impossible and make it possible. In fact, the Bible says that with man, things are impossible, but for God, nothing is impossible. My new favorite saying, God eats impossible for breakfast. What impossibility are you looking at today? Give it to Jesus. So Peter gets out of the boat. Peter get, he gets out of the boat, and in the story, when he's doing this, he's fixing his eyes on Jesus. He's not looking at the situation. He's looking at the Savior. He's not looking at the circumstances. He's looking at Jesus. And that's where he starts to see the miracle. As we, when we made the decision to, uh, well, when we decided that, you know, we're going we're gonna to go give London a go, and we're going to go start a church, and we're going to go and, 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 and see what happens, <laughs> and we were like, if all else fails, we'll kick out the tenants we've got renting out our flat, and we'll just move back to York. You know, what's the worst that could happen? We come back here. Well, this is great. Um, we'll only won't come back here if it does work. <laughs> But we're looking, and we're looking at the situation, and everyone says, you know, London rents. And where do you want to live in London? Well, we want to live in the center. (laughs) Because I was like, well, I don't live in a suburb in York. I'm not going to move to the biggest city and go live in a suburb there. You know, it takes three hours to get in from, I don't know. I don't know where the suburbs are. We've not even touched them. We've just stayed. We're on the edge of zone one. (laughs) So I'm like... So I'm like, no, we're going we're gonna to go live in the center. And everyone goes, that's expensive. And it's like, yeah, but you know what? My dad is rich. Yeah. The Bible says that God will supply all my needs in Christ Jesus. So it doesn't matter how much that rent is. I'm going out on mission. And guess what? He's going to resource us for mission. Why? Because when we take care of God's business, he takes care of ours. Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom. And... Uh, and so we're, so we're doing that. So, and then we've seen it fall into place. We had, at the beginning of September, we had nowhere to live. <laughs> we had no one renting out our flat. We, had, um, we didn't have any jobs organized. <laughs> and uh, we just had a thought. <laughs> Let's move. And then we thought, why October 1st? We thought, because it's straight after reach. So we'll do the church planting summit, and then we'll go plant a church. <laughs> Great on paper. And then we start to step out the boat. Then it gets, it gets exciting and scary all the time. But you know what? We have a saying. We move from safe to scary. Where can you move from safe to scary in your life? Where can you put your faith into action in your life? We have seen things fall into place. We had some, uh, some 
uh, we found our tenants through our residence group chat. Um, for, for the flat that we live in. The building has a residence Facebook page. These guys are in the process of buying a flat inside our building and uh, have tenants in place. So they can't get rid of their tenants until their agreement's up in six months. So they're looking for somewhere to live for six months. And we said, well, we have a place coming available at the beginning of October. And they went, brilliant. You know what? We'll pay you six, men six months' rent up front. <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking for provision for London. It's just arrived. Yeah. That's amazing. And then it's like, we need a big flat in London. Everyone knows you go to London, you live in a shoebox. Then we find this place that comes with its very own dining table, like God sending the biggest hint of, no, you are going to do dinner parties. Like, this is how it's going to work. I'm like, brilliant, because you know what? If you've now resourced us, you've resourced us for a purpose. Those people are coming. That's going to be great. But at the start, we didn't have that. My job has now since come through. Lynn's job is now starting to come through, which is good because we moved like this week. Um, but, it's, <laughs> but you think, but we're walking on the water. We can't make this happen ourselves, but we keep fixing our eyes on Jesus. And that's what Peter did. He was looking at the Savior, not the situation. He was looking at the mission and not the mess around him of the wind and the waves. What's the mess that's trying to take your focus from from what God's calling you to do? Is it the bills? Is it relationships? Is it, is it kids? Is it, what is it that's just taking up headspace and you think, you know what? No, God, I commit all of this to you. I, re I, I, I rebuke it if it needs rebuking. I thank you for it. I declare freedom over it. I claim the victory in the name of Jesus. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. If you can do it in your own strength, you don't need to pray about it. Just go do it. There's a great saying that Andy and Anna have in their house. If your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. It's that, go get some scary dreams. Go get some faith-filled dreams. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website.